I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family-style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle. I'm here with Karen. Hi, everybody. Today we're going to talk about being passionately curious. And we're going to kind of break this down into two parts, and then we'll bring it all together. So first, we're going to talk about having passion. And that can be a very intimidating word. And then we're going to talk about having curiosity. And then we'll talk about being passionately curious. I think a lot of people are afraid of the word passion because it sounds like a commitment of sorts. It sounds like if you have a passion for something, then you have to pursue it to the point that you are the best at it or that you are completely involved in it. The Michael Jordan of basketball. You have to be the best if you're passionate. Somehow you have to become a Nobel Prize winner or something. Right. I was talking to my daughter, Elizabeth, and I asked her, what does it mean to you to follow your passion? If I told you to follow your passion, what do you think of? What does that mean? And she said, I think that means that you're going to give me free time to do the things I love. I want free time. (laughs) I have to make my own free time. It'd be great if someone would give it to me. (laughs) Well, I think sometimes as moms, we do have to kind of gift our kids a little free time if... I think so too. In fact, I used to schedule that into our homeschool day where the kids would have time. I would tell them, okay, you have an hour and I want you to spend it doing something that you are interested in, whether that's reading or building something or learning, playing around with a musical instrument, whatever it is, I want you to spend the next hour just just doing that. You have to learn something that you can learn whatever you want. So that's what I noticed about talking to Elizabeth, though. She didn't feel a massive amount of pressure. She felt like, oh, that means I have time to do something I love. We don't have to associate passion with pressure. We don't have to be the Michael Jordan of whatever we're doing to have passion about it. Passion just involves enough emotion to create action. We have to love something enough to want to do it. And that's all that it has to be. We can add all the meaning we want to it, but you don't need to. Just take it for its face value of, I love something enough that I am going to involve myself in it. I'm going to pursue it. So I asked Elizabeth, what is it that you're passionate about? And she said, well, I am passionate about dancing. I want you to know something. She hasn't been in a dance class since she was about 10 years old. She's almost 16 now, but she dances every day. She dances around our house Dance lessons are really demanding in the area that we live, and they're very expensive, so we haven't been able to provide those for her here, but it has never stopped her from dancing because it's a passion of hers. She loves it. She also said that she was passionate about writing. She loves writing stories and essays, and especially essays. She just loves that, and so she does that all the time. She's passionate about water sports. There are lots of things that aren't necessarily super academic that she is passionate about. So was she intimidated by the idea of following her passion? She really felt honestly like it was, oh, I'm going to have the freedom to go do those things I love. You're going to give me time and let me do that. She didn't feel any kind of pressure about it. There was no competition element. It was just, I get to do things that I love to do. For me, from my mindset, if I'm going to take that, and I, I love that Elizabeth just naturally went that direction with it. She didn't feel intimidated. So if I'm going to go that direction for me, I'm going to think, what do I really want to do? And how am I going to make it happen in my life? 
Because again, we don't have someone gifting us this free time or paving the way for us. No one's going to sign me up for a class. I have to actually decide to do those things for myself. So I have to think about what do I really want to do? And then what steps am I going to take to make that happen for myself? Passion involves being willing to do something that you love, even if it's hard or demanding. When we do the things that we are really interested in, that we love, generally, it turns out to be a positive experience in some sort of way. And you are probably already doing things that you're passionate about. You need to maybe do it more mindfully. Think about, okay, what do I really want to do? Or maybe there is something that you haven't tried that you really want to learn. Okay, so let's shift gears a tiny bit, and we're going to talk about curiosity and what curiosity means. Curiosity is basically just a desire to know or learn something. I think it's intriguing that it is absolutely impossible for us to fill up our brains. We can't do it. Because every time you learn something new, you're making new neural connections. Your brain is actually expanding and growing and becoming better at what it does. You're not a piece of hardware computer that has a fixed amount of memory. You're alive and your brain is growing and living just like the rest of your body is. And the more you use it, the more useful it becomes. The better it is at performing all of its functions. It's kind of like when you practice memorizing things, the more you memorize, the more you are actually able to memorize. It's not like your mind fills up. You just become better at memorizing. It's also true that even into old age, we're constantly making new neural connections. So even though your height may stop growing, you don't get any taller after the age of 14 or 15 or 16, whenever you stop growing. But that's not true of your brain. Well into our elderly years, we can still learn and grow. And people who do that into their late years have healthier, stronger minds. So how do you actually develop curiosity? How do you become a more curious person? How do you make curiosity one of your passions? There are lots of really simple everyday things that you can do to promote curiosity in your life and in your kids' lives so that it just becomes a part of your normal life. You don't have to think about it all the time necessarily. If you can mindfully plan to begin to be curious, then it kind of keeps up. And and we've talked about it before. It may take a little while to gain the habit, but you just keep starting out every day thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how my life is going to be. And one of those things is just reading. And that's built into the layers of learning program. We don't like textbooks, which is why we didn't write one. And when you go and read something from an author who cares about their subject, the curiosity should be infectious. I remember when I was a kid, Jacques Cousteau was, was really popular. And I remember watching his documentaries. You could tell he wasn't bored by the ocean. It didn't matter that he'd been diving in it for his entire life. He was curious and he was passionate about everything in the ocean, everything under the waves. And it was transmitted through those videos, those documentaries. My oldest son, Tyler, is taking a college speech class right now. And his professor assigned each kid to give a speech about something that they are passionate about. It can be anything. And her point to them was, I will be interested in any subject that any one of you speak about if it's actually one of your passions. Because when you are really interested in something, it is infectious and people will get on board with you. They'll go, wow, I can feel his enthusiasm or I can feel her enthusiasm. 
he kind of said to me, I don't know if they're going to be interested in what I want to talk about because he's been learning to make his own custom knives lately. And I'm telling you, he talks about it all the time. He's, that's all he can talk about. And he has all of these knife blanks and knives in process that he's making. He's got custom kitchen knives and hunting knives and all these things that he's learned to craft. He said, I don't know if anyone will be interested in that. And his professor said, you know what? I'm so tired of buying knives that are junk. I want to know how to walk into a store and buy a quality knife. Can you teach me that? And he said, yeah, I can teach you that. (laughs) And so all of a sudden he was excited about it because someone was excited about his passion. And he realized, oh, when I am really interested in something, it doesn't matter who you are. I can offer you something in that topic that will be of interest to you. So the first step is to read books and watch videos from people who care about what they're talking about because it will make you care. It will make you more curious about what they're talking about. If I had never seen a Jacques Cousteau documentary, I doubt I would care anything about the ocean. Or if I had never read a book about the undersea world. But I've read information about people who talk about those undersea events and they care a lot about it. And so it made me interested. And they've been there. They've been there. Not that I will ever go there because I'm scared (laughs) of the deep ocean, but... (laughs) You would go. I don't think I would. (laughs) Would you go on a submarine? Yes, See? I would do that. you would go if you yeah. could. Okay. One of the awesome ways that you can increase curiosity is to just decide to learn more. And there are so many resources for how you can do that about lots of topics. There are so many free online classes. There are colleges that offer classes that you can audit. Either either in physically in a class or online. Yeah, I know that Harvard offers classes. If you always wanted to say, I went to Harvard, well, get on and do some of their free online classes. You can say, I'm a Harvard student. Our, our library has courses. They have video courses and they have audio courses that you can actually listen to. And someone is teaching you about, I don't know, Shakespeare or ancient Greek pottery. There's all kinds of courses. There's also actual classes. Our library has classes where you learn knitting or they do art lectures or they have a local author come in. Yeah, ours is the same. It has lots of different seminars. In fact, I've been to homeschooling seminars at our library from time to time. If you look into some opportunities like that, you will surely find something around you or at the very least online that you can find something that you're interested in and learn more about it. And you can find classes that cost money, but you can also find a lot out there that cost nothing. Another thing that I... I'm increasingly becoming more passionate about, more curious about is the world that we live in. We aren't super rich. And so we don't travel the world as much as I would like to, but it is actually one of my goals to travel the world and see a lot of places. And one of the reasons I became interested in seeing the world was because of layers of learning. I was reading about, say, the country of Turkey. There are these cool cave systems in Turkey. And I read about these caves and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go to Turkey. That never would have crossed my mind if I hadn't started reading about it. And when you actually do travel someplace, you become even more curious. We took our kids on a family trip to South Dakota and we went to Wind Cave, which is a national park in South Dakota. It's a cave system. And our kids hadn't really been in a cave before. 
but we took them into it and some of them didn't really like it because of the feeling of the darkness and that the earth pressing down on you. They felt confined, but one of our sons loved it. He now wants to be a caver. It's like become his passion. He reads about caves. He's interested in caves. He's decided that his career should be as a National Geographic photographer so that he can make money going and exploring caves. <laughs> like that's, that's how interested he is in it. And it's because we actually traveled and went there. The more you do things, go places, see things, the more you love it and the more you want to know. I thought it was really interesting. We do, our family does travel a lot because I'm married to a pilot. So we have advantages there. We've seen a lot of the world and it's been an awesome experience to take our kids around the world to other cultures. And my husband's favorite places are third world countries. He likes to take the kids to places that are very different because we live in the United States and he wants them to see that not everywhere in the world is just like the United States. And so we went a few years ago, we went to Bali, Indonesia and it was really a neat experience. But the amazing thing was how interested my kids became in the Hindu religion. Because they really didn't know a lot about the Hindu religion. But we went to a Hindu temple while we were there. And our host that took us around, he told us a lot about the Hindu religion because he was Hindu. And in Bali, they actually practice something called Balinese Hindu, which is different than the Hindu religion in other places. And so we learned a lot about it. And then ever since that time, my kids notice parallels between it and other things they see, between it and other religions. And it's been interesting to watch them gain curiosity over something that they didn't even know existed before we experienced it. But when you experience something, you want to know more about it. And then when you want to know more about it, you go and pursue it. And then when you go and pursue it, you become more curious and want to know more. And it's this cycle that develops and that's how the passionate curiosity happens. When our curiosity drives us to actually learn more or to experience more or do more, that's when it's going to change our lives in meaningful ways. I think human beings are born curious. I think everyone's curious. But we let different things stand in our way, whether it's fear or laziness. I mean, the reason that you swipe up on your Facebook feed is because you're curious. The reason you keep looking at those Instagram photos is because you're curious. You want to know what's next. We want to know what's coming. And it's brilliant of them to actually make it an endless feed. That's brilliant because we never stop swiping. Same with Pinterest. We keep pinning things because we're curious about this stuff. But we also are a little bit lazy. And so often we will let that be the end of it. Just looking at someone else's life is good enough. And to be passionately curious, you have to actually take that next step of doing stuff. I remember a few years ago when Pinterest was really, really taking off for the first time. A lot of people had these growing Pinterest boards and they still do. But there was a section of people that I was following and they decided instead of pinning, they were going to live their Pinterest accounts. And this was a couple of bloggers and I followed their process over about a year's time as they decided I'm not going to pin anything new on Pinterest. Instead, I'm going to do all of the things that I've pinned. And then they reported on their blogs how that went. And it was... So how, how did that go? Well, it was really <laughs> funny. You know, the nailed it pictures 
Yeah, that's, a lot. that's totally me. Every time I make a birthday cake, nailed it. Yeah, it's like you see this picture perfect picture, and then you see the nailed it picture that's a complete flop. It's the same thing, but it didn't work at all. Yeah, that's me and birthday cakes. Yeah, so that's that's what a lot of their blog posts were. They would try this recipe that looked beautiful and sounded amazing, and they'd say, "Yeah, that was doctor. That was not. It did not turn out." Or they'd try out a homemade cleaning product or do an art project or make a painting or whatever it was that they had pinned that they were doing. And some of them worked and some of them didn't. But the point was, instead of being on Pinterest and pinning for two hours a day, they did the things on their Pinterest board for two hours a day. They lived a very full life during that year that they were doing this experiment. So the key is to not just be curious, but to be passionately curious, which remember is, is being interested in learning and then taking it the next step to where you actually do something about it. Okay. So, so far we have talked about reading and watching information from passionate people to spark your own curiosity, attending classes and visiting new places, going places in the world. All of those things spark your curiosity. Or any kind of experience. Any experiences. We've thought of one more, and that one is just to notice. Notice the world around you. Yeah, if you open your eyes to what's happening around you, even mundane things can actually be really interesting. And it can train your mind to just be more curious in ways that will lead to passionate curiosity. There's a game that we play with our kids called the alien game. And the concept is that mom or dad gets to be the alien. And we often did this when we drove in the car. But the kids are the guides that are telling the alien about the world. And the alien has never been here in the world, so doesn't know anything about it. So it would go something like this. We're driving along in the car and mom, the alien, I'm going to say, What is that as we drive over a bridge? And my kids say, well, that's a bridge. What's a bridge? And then they have to explain to me just what a bridge is. So I'd ask, how did it get there? They'd pause for a minute and think about how that bridge got there and have to explain to me the building process of the bridge. Well, where did they get the materials to build the bridge? And so they'd talk about that. And we'd go on and on and on playing this game about noticing the things around us and having them explain what could be something mundane. But when we think about it, there's actually a lot that goes into the things around us, whether it's building a bridge or the clouds in the sky or why the sun shines or anything that we see. If we begin to notice it and talk about it, it can make us more and more curious about those things. So people often ask us if they should read the Layers of Learning books to their kids out loud. We have introductory paragraphs at the beginning of each unit section, and they want to know, should I read that out loud to my kids? And we always say, if you want to, <laughs> you know, but that shouldn't be where it ends. The Everything that's in the Layers of Learning book is intended to be a spark to take you further. The whole thing is a guide to kind of be a map through the learning forest, but you should go out and explore the forest in the middle of it. Don't stay on the trail. Yeah, reading a guidebook will only get you so far. Like imagine an actual forest. You can read a plant guide, an animal guide. You can read all those things and become informed about them. But then if you take that knowledge into the forest and actually experience it, 
then it's all going to come together for you. That's passionate curiosity. When you learn about something to the point that it creates action in you in some way. And the action might be just going to explore more books by experts on it, going to take that class, going to visit the forest, whatever it is, it should hopefully drive you to do something. So the other day, we we are working on a second edition of Layers of Learning. We're making a lot of corrections and so on. But one of the things, I was researching more about the Renaissance. And I came across somebody talking about Renaissance fairs. Of course, I've heard of Renaissance fairs. I knew they existed. But I thought, I wonder if there's one near me. Turns out there is. There's a couple that aren't very far away within, within an hour's drive from where I live. And I thought, I've never even been to a Renaissance fair. I want to go. And so I was looking up when it is. It doesn't matter that we're not studying the Renaissance at this moment in school. We're going to go to that Renaissance fair whenever it comes up. It doesn't matter if we don't have costumes or whatever. I just want to go. I want to see what it's like. Maybe it'll be great. Maybe it won't. But I will have been able to experience a new thing and I'll bring my kids along with me. That's how the layers of learning books are supposed to work. They're supposed to be things that will guide you into doing something new or learning something new. So not too long ago in our Facebook group, Melissa posted something. Her family had been doing Unit 25, which is about the Anglo-Saxons. And they were able to visit the British National Library and they saw an Anglo-Saxon exhibit there. They saw the oldest copy of Beowulf that had been written in Old English. And they got to listen to someone read it aloud. They were able to see some of the um, artifacts from the Anglo-Saxons, including a brooch that is actually pictured in the unit. And she was so amazed by seeing that stuff in real life. It's like, oh, I mean, you can read about it, but then when you see it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is like, it actually ignites a, a passion and emotion in your chest when you see it. And you're not going to have an experience with every single exploration or every single unit or every single thing that you learn about. That's not going to happen. Melissa commented on it because it was exceptional. Right. So you have to look for those opportunities. Maybe you just found an awesome picture book about what you're learning about. That might be the thing that gets you excited. You might not get the chance to go to a museum over every single thing. But you know what? We just studied oceans and we did get to go to the ocean. And it was amazing to experience the ocean right as we were studying it. It was so different because the kids were all of a sudden experts on it. We saw dolphins and there were just amazing experiences that we had because they had a greater understanding. And so this passionate curiosity, it's a fuel under a fire of learning. It just gets you going and gets you excited. And it's okay if you're not passionately curious about everything you learn. Some people hate science. That's okay. I mean, we all have different personalities and different things that spark us and make us interested. And we have different ways of approaching it. I tend to get really curious about something and I'll, I'll voraciously read everything I can on the topic and maybe go do something or try it out. And then as soon as I have sated that, I drop it. That, that's just how I am. I know that about myself and I've realized it's okay if my passionate interest in learning about new running um, workouts fizzles and I just go back to my normal, okay, I'm going to run 30 minutes a day. That's fine because I will then move on to something new. Some people turn their passions into lifelong pursuits and other people are more like me where they are very eclectic and they just pick and choose and then drop things as they go. It's okay. You just need to learn your style and your personality and then go with it. I think one of the key takeaways, if you want your kids to be passionately curious then you might have to change your plans a little bit. 
I was not expecting my kids to care about fungus when we learned about fungus in our homeschool. I planned some lessons and we did a mushroom dissection and we did several things that I thought would be cool, but they got so into it. And so next thing I knew, we were extending the unit several weeks and we were exploring the forest and they were finding shelf fungi and identifying all these things. And we had our table covered with books about mushrooms and they were watching videos like crazy. I hadn't anticipated it. But when it happens, you take advantage of it. You stop the other things that you're doing a little bit and let them explore that. You know, not too long ago, I was talking to my littlest son, Jason, and I said, Jason, what are you interested in right now? And he said, well, we've been learning about the oceans and now we're done, but I'm not done. He wasn't done learning about it. So I took him to the library and I let him check out a whole bunch more books about ocean animals and things like that. And we just set them right by his bed. We're not even stopping our entire homeschool because the rest of the kids are kind of done. And we already did a couple extra weeks on that, actually. But he wasn't done learning about it. I shouldn't make him be done learning about it because our unit is over. He now has a stack of books and we're still talking about it. And I told him we should find some more videos about that. And so you can keep on letting kids pursue their passions and their curiosities even if it's not built into your school day all the time. Often when we think of someone who is extremely intelligent, we bring up Albert Einstein, right? Okay. Absolutely. So interesting thing about him, this is, this is often quoted from him, but he said, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. Now, a lot of us would say, oh, oh, oh no, no, he was smarter than average. But I actually believe him. I believe him. I think that he really was just curious. He was just asking questions. Interesting thing about Einstein, he never actually did any physical experiments. Every one of his experiments was a thought experiment. He didn't get in a lab and do stuff. Other people have since him and have proven a lot of his theories correct, his ideas correct, but he didn't do any of his experiments. He just thought about it. And he was so curious about the way that the world worked, about the way the universe worked, about physics that he would just sit there and think about it. He was passionately curious. He cared a lot about it. He just became so engrossed in his own thoughts and his own ways of thinking about the universe. What if we're wrong about how gravity works? I mean, he was asking those questions. He was noticing things that a lot of us don't notice. So you have an opportunity to shape the way that your family sees learning. You can't control your kids, but you can help shape their mindsets. And if you are a passionately curious person, chances are your kids are much more likely to be passionately curious too. You have the chance to give them time to do the things they love, to learn about the things that they're interested in, to let your homeschool day be directed by the things that they are most passionate about or most curious about right then at that moment. Our homeschooling experience is about learning to learn. It's not about learning a certain prescribed set of facts. So if you can let go of your to-do list a little bit and follow what is interesting your kids at the moment, you're going to promote that kind of passionate curiosity that will enrich them for their whole life. And again, they may not always have something at that moment that they're really into. You may not come across something in the, the layers of learning unit that has sparked curiosity. That's okay. Just get through the unit and move on and curiosity will be sparked at some other point. And that's normal. 
Okay, so the takeaway is to be passionately curious and to help your children be, there are some specific things you can do. The first is to read and watch videos from people who are passionate themselves so that that will spark the interest in you. The next thing is to actually do something, go and attend a class, go visit a place, try a new craft, try a new recipe, actually do stuff. Um, don't just pin things, but just you know, do it, experience it. And then finally, just notice the world around you. Be interested in mundane things that you never thought about before. So we already are curious. All of us are. But now you need to go out and be mindful about being curious and about allowing your children to follow things that interest them. Give them time to do that. And remember, passion isn't heavy. Passion is joyful. It's getting the opportunity to do the things that you love, that you find interesting, and that are going to make your life happier. We hope that you will do that every day for yourself and for your kids. Thank you so much for listening today. We would absolutely love it if you would go to iTunes and subscribe. And also if you would leave us a review, that would be great. It helps other people to find our podcast. We love to help homeschool moms to be successful and to feel happy about their homeschool journey. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Come and visit us at layersoflearning.com and on our Facebook group. Make sure to tune in next month for our new podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have, Have fun, fun learning. learning.